Good morning, and welcome to Simply Sports. It's Wednesday, January 31st. On today's show, Arteta puts his trust in the attack to keep Arsenal in the Premier League title race, and Lillard returns to Portland with love for the organization and city. Plus, the number three UNC is stunned by Georgia Tech in the final seconds. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Sports. We start off with a look at the Premier League, where Arsenal's 2-1 win against Nottingham Forest on Tuesday highlighted the fine margins that could determine the outcome of this title race. Despite calls for an attacking addition during the January transfer window, Arsenal seems set to rely on its existing options. Manager Michael Arteta has chosen to entrust his forwards with the task of overtaking Liverpool and Manchester City at the top of the table. Bella, our correspondent for Simply Sports, is here to delve deeper into this. Can you tell us more about Arteta's decision not to bring in new attacking options? Certainly, David. Arteta's decision is influenced by a couple of factors. Firstly, financial constraints have limited Arsenal's ability to bring in new players. Secondly, there's a belief that the current squad can get the job done. Last year, when Arsenal couldn't afford their top targets, they opted for cheaper alternatives. This time, with Brentford's Ivan Toney and Wolves' Pedro Neto out of reach, Arteta has decided to rely on his existing forwards. Interesting. And how did Arsenal's attack perform against Nottingham Forest? Arsenal dominated possession, having 81% of the ball in the first half. However, they didn't manage a single shot on target. Their most dangerous moment came just before halftime when Bukayo Saka's close-range effort was deflected wide. Despite this, Arteta's faith in his squad and his style were eventually rewarded. Gabriel Jesus scored from a throw-in, and Saka added a second from a counter-attack. These goals, coming from different avenues, showcase the adaptability Arsenal will need in the months ahead. What about the late goal Arsenal conceded? Could that be a cause for concern? Taiwo Awonyi's 89th-minute strike for Forrest did cause a late wobble for Arsenal. Awonyi, who has now scored three goals in three games against Arsenal, showcased his strength and poise in the box. His introduction changed Forrest's attack dynamic, and he almost snatched an undeserved point in stoppage time. However, Arteta seemed to view the incident positively, appreciating the increased demands the players are putting on each other. And how does this result affect Arsenal's title race? This win keeps Arsenal in the hunt, but the title race is a tightrope walk. Every point matters, and while Arteta's faith in his existing squad has paid off in this match, the rest of the season remains a test. The character and adaptability shown by the team will be crucial in the coming months. Thanks for your insights, Bella. Now, shifting gears to basketball, Damian Lillard, the eight-time All-Star, is set to play his first game in Portland since being traded to the Milwaukee Bucks in the offseason. This comes after an 11-season tenure with the Trailblazers, a team and community he says he holds a lot of love for. Here with us to discuss, this is our correspondent, Abby. So, Abby, how significant is this return for Lillard? It's quite significant, David. Lillard had a strong connection with the Trailblazers and the community in Portland. He averaged 32.2 points per game with the Blazers last season and became just the seventh player in NBA history 
to score more than 70 points in a game. However, despite his individual success, the team only won four playoff series during his tenure and struggled to make it to the Western Conference Finals. And how has the Blazers' performance been since Lillard's departure? The Blazers have had a tough time adjusting without their star point guard. They currently sit second to last in the Western Conference with a 14-33 record. Blazers coach Chauncey Billups admitted that seeing Lillard back in a different jersey will be strange, but he understands and respects Lillard's decision to move on. What about Lillard's performance with his new team, the Milwaukee Bucks? Lillard is averaging 25.1 points and 6.8 assists with the Bucks. The team is currently in a state of flux, with Doc Rivers taking over as coach after Adrian Griffin was fired, despite the Bucks having one of the best records in the league at 32-15. There were, however, concerns about the team's slipping defensive rating. And how does Lillard feel about his return to Portland? Lillard expressed excitement about his return to the Moda Center, where he played so many games for the Blazers. He mentioned recognizing fans' faces from the court and is looking forward to playing the game free. He was also honored at the North American headquarters for Adidas, with whom he has a sponsorship deal and a signature shoe. Thanks for the insights on Damian Lillard's return to Portland Abbey. Now let's switch gears to college basketball, where Georgia Tech managed to end the 10-game winning streak of number three North Carolina with a thrilling 74-73 victory. Nathan George of Georgia Tech scored a go-ahead layup with just 7.7 seconds remaining, marking a significant moment in the match. Here with us to delve deeper into this game is our correspondent, Celeste. So Celeste, how significant was this win for Georgia Tech? This was a huge win for Georgia Tech, David. They had lost three straight games and eight of their last nine, which had them near the bottom of the Atlantic Coast Conference standings. But this victory, their third home win over a top 25 team this season, is a bright spot. It's worth noting that the last time Georgia Tech beat a team ranked as high as number three was back in the 2005 ACC tournament against North Carolina. Quite a turn of events. Can you walk us through the final moments of the game? Certainly. With 34 seconds remaining, R.J. Davis of North Carolina, who scored a game-high 28 points, won the race to a loose ball and scored on a layup, giving North Carolina a 73-72 lead. But after a Georgia Tech timeout, Nathan George drove for the go-ahead layup. North Carolina had a chance to win it with 4.6 seconds remaining, but Davis missed a last-second jumper, sealing the win for Georgia Tech. There was some controversy surrounding that last shot, wasn't there? Yes, there was contact from Georgia Tech's Ebenezer Dowona on Davis's last shot. Davis appealed to the officials for a foul, but to no avail. North Carolina coach Hubert Davis said he couldn't see if there was a foul. Regardless, the shot didn't go in, and Georgia Tech fans celebrated by rushing onto the court. What does this mean for North Carolina's season? This loss marks North Carolina's first conference defeat following their best ACC start since the 2001 season when they won their first 11 ACC games. It's a setback, but with a 17-4 record overall and 9-1 in the conference, they're still in a strong position. And how about the atmosphere at the game? It was electric. The game was a sellout with 8,600 fans in attendance. 
Despite Georgia Tech calling for a whiteout, North Carolina fans made up about half of the crowd, showing the strong support for both teams. Thanks for the insight, Celeste. Now let's switch gears from college sports to the major leagues. Adam Ottavino and the New York Mets have finalized a $0.5 million one-year contract, keeping the veteran reliever with his hometown team. Ottavino, who spent the past two seasons with the Mets, declined a $6.75 million player option for 2024, making him a free agent. However, the 38-year-old right-hander has returned to the Mets' bullpen, which struggled last season without injured Edwin Diaz. Here with more on this is our correspondent, James. Can you tell us more about Ottavino's performance and his role in the team? Certainly, David. Ottavino had a career-best 12 saves in 66 appearances last year, despite a 1-7 record and a 3.21 ERA. He's been a steady and integral part of the Mets' bullpen over the last two seasons. With star closer Edwin Diaz recovering from knee surgery, Ottavino is expected to be his primary setup man again, alongside Brooks Raley, Drew Smith, and newcomer Jorge Lopez. What does this mean for the Mets' bullpen, which struggled last season without Diaz? Ottavino's return is a significant boost for the Mets' bullpen. He had a 2.49 ERA in the second half of last season and finished with 62 strikeouts against 29 walks in 61 two-thirds innings. In 2022, he was 6-3 with a 2.06 ERA and three saves over 66 outings as a setup man for Diaz, helping New York to 101 wins and a playoff berth. The Mets are 88-44 in Ottavino's appearances for the team. And how has Ottavino's career been overall? Ottavino has had a solid career. He's 39-41 overall, with a 3.42 ERA and 45 saves in 13 major league seasons with the Cardinals, Rockies, Yankees, Red Sox, and Mets. He's held opponents scoreless in 292 of his 373 outings since 2018, both totals marking the most in the majors during that span. He was also recently presented with the Ben Epstein Dan Castellano Good Guy Award by the New York chapter of the Baseball Writers Association of America. What does this mean for the team's roster? To make room for Otavino, catcher Tyler Heineman was designated for assignment. This leaves 22-year-old Francisco Alvarez and backup Omar Narvaez as the only catchers on New York's 40-man roster. Thanks for the insights, James. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Sports. We'll see you back here tomorrow.